What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast. My name is Mitch. I'm one of your hosts here every single week. And with me, as always, uh, coming live to you from vampirefreaks.com, it's Boozy. Vampirefreaks.com. That's the new sponsor of The Terror Table. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking wild? That would be nice. Do you know, is it still going? I also... Uh, I don't know. You made a joke the other week about it and I've just ran with it, but I haven't actually took the time to look at anything. Confession time. I don't fully know what vampirefreaks.com is. I figured it was something like Nexopia, but yeah, it was like a a MySpace, but it was just for like weirdos. So so instead of you being like, yeah, I'm on Nexopia, you're like, yeah, I'm on Vampire Freaks. (laughs) Well, as long as it's not some like weird, like underground trafficking ring or something <laughs> we're all good <laughs> I, I mean if it is i'm not aware of that part <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah so we are back for a uh, new metal Mar- march uh we're keeping it rolling maple maple <laughs> yeah so we're doing one last episode to close out this series on movies that uh featured a bit large amount of new metal in the soundtrack. Yeah, may I may I make a confession that I did not realize how light uh, Darkness Falls is on that. It's totally fair because honestly, even Ghost Ship only has like one song that I can remember. But I also I tried. I watched the movie twice, but I I can't remember anything from it. So this should be fun. This would be a great conversation. I you know what? I, this was uh, Ghost Ship was a building block for me, so I'll I'll fill it in. You'll fill that one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I don't know. This one I think it's going to be a little less it will definitely be less new metal than the last time when we had Brent and uh Ross from the Nudist Colony on the show. Uh, I mean, you can't out new metal the new metalers. It's true. That would that episode was fucking bizarre. We peaked in one episode on a new metal. <laughs> yeah, we really did kind of wrap the conversation. I feel like for new metal horror, but here yeah. we go again. We'll try. Uh, but this week, it's just us. We're going to talk about Darkness Falls and Ghost Ship. Uh, both films. I think they were both Dark Castle. I know Ghost Ship for sure was, uh, but originally Dark Castle Entertainment. They were uh, a studio slash production company that was making these movies in the early aughts that were trying to remake William Castle movies. But they quickly started making Ghost Ship, which was not ever a William Castle movie. Um, so they flew off the rails just the way that we do. Uh, but yeah, I, I think- appreciated some of the stuff that they put. They they were part of that generation. They gave us some good stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll go through that in the in the main feature too, because I feel like most of these new metal movies were Dark Castle movies. And there yeah. were a couple of good ones from what I remember. I'd have to look at the list again. Oh, dude, I'm I'm just looking at the list now. They gave us some bomb like some fucking good shit what's good shit to you those 13 ghosts considered good shit to you okay so we got house on haunted hill okay chris 13... Kattan, the chris Kattan house on haunted hill yes 13 <laughs> ghosts okay uh gothica oh my god our fucking our our love and joy your love and joy house of wax oh yeah okay here we go uh which is on a... netflix by the way like that, is it really? It was now it was in the top ten most streaming movies in Canada on Netflix Finally. last week. Exactly. Finally, the world's catching up. Yeah, it, it's back into the popular. Uh, <laughs> okay, so going on from that, we have 2008's Rock and Rolla. Fucking love that movie. Guy oh, right. Ritchie. Yep. Um, Splice. Ooh, I saw that one in the theater. I haven't seen it since, but I remember Adrian Brody did some did some fucky things with that thing he sure did um okay what the hell is the losers i feel like i remember this oh that was like a that was it was like a, i think it was based off a graphic novel or a comic book 
but it was like the expendables, but not they were the losers. Huh. Came out around okay. like the smoke and aces time. I love smoke and ace. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap it up real quick on this. Okay. So they kind of fast forward. They did a bunch of shit after that that I'm just not gonna bother talking about. Then they did their Suburbicon, uh, which had Matt Damon in it. <laughs> um, and then they went dormant for a while, and then they came back in 2021 with Seance, which I haven't seen, but I heard is really good. With the um, Seance, oh, that's the Dark Castle. Did that? Yeah. And then they also did Orphan First Kill. Oh, yeah. They're back on top, baby. They're back, baby. (laughs) Have you seen Orphan First Kill? Yes. It's fun. It's so, so trashy, so sleazy, but it's fun. Yeah, it's it was something. Yeah, I I feel like there's a cool, a cool idea there overall. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's a couple in here that I'm even going to talk about today that feel like they very much should have been in in the dark bridges pantheon or sorry dark castle wow shadow dark bridges though <laughs> shadow dark bridges coming back june what, what's the date second to fourth june 2nd to 4th we gotta start plugging that more yeah uh, and uh we might have some other stuff going on with dark bridges that i might be able to talk about soon but you know sweet. if anybody's listening just wait and see yeah well at least keep me up to date on that because i i already uh, that's like so far, the worst part about not being in Saskatchewan anymore is not being able to be there for all that. Like, you know, you're on top your of my presence family. is definitely missed there. Uh, thank you. But, you know, especially in the, the first three rows. I don't you just you're fucking. <laughs> I always did that. The, yeah. I know. And I'm just like, I'm chilling at the back. And it's because <laughs> I'm a tall boy. I got to stretch my legs out. And those the seats in the Broadway are so like close together and I just get bunched up. You know what? That is fair. You always kind of gumby out when we're watching. You really, <laughs> really stretch out. But like you guys fucking did a leprechaun screening on St. Patty's Day. I would have loved yep. to be there for that. And um, it went really, really well. Unfortunately, I wasn't there myself. I had to work. But yeah, I've heard nothing yeah. but good things about that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, yeah, more on Dark Bridges soon. Uh, yeah. So like we were saying before, though, since this is just going to be us two for this one, we're just going to talk about because the last couple of episodes that we've had, we've had so many guests on or a couple that we haven't been able to talk about everything that we've seen. So I don't know if you were able to track down the stuff that you saw. Like, I'm going to be talking about stuff that I saw a couple months ago, yeah. uh, but I did write down a couple notes and it rejogged my memory before we start recording here. So I'm going to start off with these are I'm going to talk about them in pretty much no there's no format to how I'm going about this. I'm just going to be jumping around eras. Uh, but I watched Soft and Quiet from 2022. Have you seen this one yet, Boozy? No, let me pull. Let me hack into the mainframe in this hack one. It. <laughs> so this hey. one was it was written and directed by Beth de Beth de Arulio and um Arulio. I'm so bad with names. I got to fix that. Okay, what uh, is it called? Soft and quiet. Soft and quiet. Which is otherwise known as my fuck game. <laughs> I thought it was quick and to the point. Yeah, that, that too. Soft and quick. That's what it would be. Um, yeah, so this one, it plays out in real time and it's set around an elementary school teacher who organizes a mixer of like-minded women when she encounters a woman from her past, leading her, leading them Ooh. to volatile chain of events. Uh, it's really it's shot like a series of wonders is what it feels like. Like there's definitely cuts in this thing, of course. Okay, um, but it does feel like it's 
I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought the poster looked great. And I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, that's the number one impression I'm getting. Looking at is like, oh, that's a sick poster. That's drawn me in already. Yeah, yeah, it's a good poster, and it sounds like you know the the premise enticed me. I wanted to see where it was gonna go. Um, but yeah, like like I said, went in knowing nothing and quickly learned that this was gonna be a very challenging one to get through uh, while being introduced to the main characters. So I'm not is gonna. It, is it because you're a man? <laughs> That could be a toxic ass man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I, I'm not going to spoil anything because I think that's part of like how the movie's going to work is people need to go in not knowing about right. uh, who these people are or who they encounter. But it's just it's really difficult subject matter. It's very depressing. Um, I do think like it's movies. There are movies like this. That I think these are important stories to tell. And sometimes people need a reminder that shitty people out there exist like this. Mm-hmm. But I just am not convinced entirely if this is necessarily the way to do it. It's it's saying a lot coming from me that I was missing just a smidge of catharsis by the end. It is okay. so fucking bleak and so miserable. Um, I it was too miserable for even our resident miserable bad boy himself. It's, it's true. Yeah, the, ba- <laughs> the bad boy of misery himself. <laughs> um, but uh, with that being said, like this is one that I watched a while ago and I still I've thought about it quite a bit since I saw it. And I think it also because it has similarities to another movie that, uh, you know, gained some Oscar buzz this year. I think it won for best screenplay, but uh, Women Talking, mm-hmm. which was Sarah Pauly's movie, which I fucking loved that movie. I thought it was great. Um, but it, this is it's like kind of similar, but they're both so depressing and depraved in their own ways. But uh, Soft and Quiet is just. It's it's a tough one, man. It hit, the the ending is great, but the, with the subject material that they're tackling here, I felt like I needed a little bit more violence to the antagonists. Like I was I, I was going to ask how the like the the horror and the the violence or for what it is like the, how does that play out? It's extremely real. Like yeah. so, it's the, this is not a supernatural horror movie. It's not a slasher. It's not anything like that. It's this is a movie that's like, hey, remember people fucking suck. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie is. And it's like, there are a lot of them and they're hiding in plain sight. You could be like, you could be friends with one and have no idea that their mind could be. It's kind of like, you know, when, when the pandemic hit and everyone likes was locked inside and then you start finding out, Oh man, I know way more shitty people than I thought because yeah, that's, yeah, I, you know, all the people came out of the woodworks from, and that this is just, I feel like, it, you know, it had to have been of course inspired by some of that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very depressing. It is really good though. It's it's a it's a powerful movie. I just I think by the end of it, I just needed. I, I, I it worked. If they were just trying to drain me, then it would. Yeah. <laughs> I guess mission accomplished. But I am really really looking forward to seeing what uh, Beth Di, Beth Di Arruyo does next because it was definitely very well directed and very well mm-hmm. written. It's just like it's one of those things too where. Like as someone like, you know, both of us were trying to write our own stories and everything. And I always hate when people are like, you could never write a creepy kid movie if you're not a parent or if you haven't gone through something. It's like, no, that's called writing. You know, like it's, you know, yeah. do you do you think JK Rowling is actually a wizard? No, it's just a piece of shit. Um so, so, like you know, I didn't it, know we were gonna go for for JK Rowling when I started this. We gotta go, but I'm out. down, for, but I'm hey, down for it. Get her. Get her. <laughs> We're going for the throat. Yeah. No, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, damn, she did a good job at writing some really horrible things. Um, but that's what the film needed for it to succeed. 
So I definitely, I do recommend giving it a watch, but go, go in with the caveat that it is like, this isn't the feel good movie of the year. (laughs) Right. This is maybe a a rainy day movie when it's already like sucking. And that's when I watched it too. And I I think I was like, I was pretty depressed before it even began. (laughs) And I was like, Oh boy, this one's doing the real one, two punch here. Right. Um, Yeah, it was, but it's definitely good. It's, I, I hesitate to say I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. Uh, but yeah, and it's also really quick. I think it's like, I think it's under an hour and a half, which we got to give some big ups to that because I'm a big fan of John wick, just like most people, but fuck me. Do I not want to see a three hour John wick movie? Like every, and even Scorsese, I love the guy, but his new movie's four hours long. Come on, you guys. Like it, it is very, it is very indulgent in that way. Like maybe just, you know, do a part one and part two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do some star Wars shit. Like yeah i don't know it's it's just uh it's a lot but big ups to those movies that you know hit that sweet spot of just a little under hour and a half mm-hmm. tell a really good story uh but that was soft and quiet i don't know how much you have boozy uh so i can do do you have a yeah, lot why, why don't i have a couple so why don't you hit me with another one here okay i'll hit you with one that i know you've been waiting to talk about for a while mm-hmm. so boozy has been recommending me to watch you've been putting some pressure on me to watch hellhole <laughs> yes uh, I can't remember what year that 2018 2022 man it came out oh, last oh year. right 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 I forgot yep. it nearly made my list if I would have watched it sooner it, yeah yeah I think this would have made both of our lists if it, if we would have watched it sooner um, okay so that's good to hear <laughs> you're entire yeah you're entirely right uh, this is a Polish religious horror movie um, it's about a police officer investigating a string of disappearances and he infiltrates a monastery discovering a dark truth and yeah, I can totally, after watching this, I'm like, oh, I totally get why you were like, Mitch, this is one you need to see. Um, it's, you know, got me written all over it. I can, I can see it now. It's just good old fashioned evil as hell, religious horror. And good uh, old this, sacrilegious horror. <laughs> exactly. This thing is just dripping with mood and mood and atmosphere. Um, after reading some of the letterbox reactions to like mm-hmm. how people are responding to it, it seems like the final act either ruined it for people or that's the reason they loved it. Uh-huh. I think I liked it from start to finish, but boy, oh boy, was that ending so fucking amazing and so tense. Like it was just, it's a truly bizarre final act and Mitchy likey. I, I, yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that um, I can't remember if I had I described it when we watched it the first time or when I mentioned it the first time, it kind of reminds me of like a, a shutter Island where it's somebody trying to like, discover the secrets of what's going on in this place yeah i would totally yeah and or or like a cure for wellness something like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah it just it it goes into such a dark path and and yeah i i uh i 100 the the ending was the thing that like it still sticks with me and overall it's that's the impact of that is that it's it's on a different level like it yeah it's it's so unexpected (laughs) and just it hits so fucking hard yeah, it's it's one of the most guitar solo worthy finales I've seen in a long time. Like, were you expecting like I know that I kept hyping it up. So you were kind of like built in. But like, were you expecting it to go off? The I, way I, it did? I wasn't expecting this. There's no way you could. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was just. It's just so evil. It's so brutal. And like, obviously, you know, um, I, another reason why for sure you thought that I'd like this is it. there's a lot of similarities in the story. Bad priests to like druid's hand and stuff mm-hmm. that i'm interested in this is things just, we like, hate religion exactly like, but this <laughs> is this is the bad priest movie i think like this is like one of the best bad priest movies where 
it's just people abusing their power to the, for the, the worst possible things. And it is so evil, so evil. And like just metal as hell. And it's, <laughs> you, and it, yeah. Oh man, if you yeah, just replace all the dialogue and all the audio in that last couple minutes and just, just put like oh, just master of puppets, just front yeah. to back. <laughs> oh my god, it, it would fit very well. It um, would weirdly. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know, man. It seems because you're the only person. Like once I looked up on on Letterbox, I have a few like friends that had seen it, but I hadn't heard anyone really talking about this one. And it, I hope it doesn't just disappear in Netflix mm-hmm. land. Uh, Because this is, without a doubt, one of the better Netflix horror movies. And I think another reason why it might not be like in the in front and center for people is that it's a Polish movie. It's, you know, foreign language. But fuck me, is it's so so worth a watch. And I do feel like it uh, not that I'm not that I'm a a Netflix uh, ologist or anything, but it it does feel like that just kind of got dumped in there. And it's it's like lumped at the back, even if you're like looking for horror movies. Yeah, I also think the name doesn't do it much uh, many favors, too, because it's like you could very much it. It is so straight faced and so serious that it doesn't. I don't know. There's just something about the name and the poster art and everything that's like this doesn't really paint the picture all that yeah well. I, I think like a, a hellhole would be a good name for for kind of like a what would it like a shock comedy horror in a way yeah yeah like a evil dead knockoff kind of thing yeah or even like this is the end where it literally yeah, yeah, turns yeah. into a hellhole um a but i heckle yeah but by the end of it you understand why it's called hellhole um but it's it's just one of those things i don't know it, it was a great movie though it was a lot of fun uh, I'm and, glad that you got to check it out finally with a little bit of of prodding, but I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, cool. Do you want to tell me about some stuff yeah. you've seen? Yeah. So the first one I'm going to talk about is another Tubi movie. Uh, this is from 2022. And I'd seen a couple people talking about it that it was a little bit of a, you know, a sleeper that you should check out. And it's a also a Sasquatch film. So I watched Tahoe Joe. This is, you can check this out on Tubi. Uh, So Tahoe Joe is uh, about a filmmaker um, who has to, or sorry, it's about two friends who go looking for their filmmaker friend who disappeared while looking for Sasquatch. Classic, great idea for a Sasquatch film. It's got, uh, it's a found footage film. I, I think it's very competently made, but it's just so all over the place and eventually falls into the trappings that, a lot of found footage horror movies unfortunately get stuck in where it's just people wandering around falling in the bush screaming. Okay. Uh, do, do you know, like, uh, yeah. and, like I, I love found footage just, you know, like obviously we love found footage more than mm-hmm. a lot of people do. And uh, yeah. you can handle a lot of that, like running, but it just, when you see it so many times, it's just, it feels hard to be like, okay, there's, you know, this movie's like an hour and a half long of, mostly this i feel like a lot of the setup for what it is and the story itself is is very well done it's just yeah it just really goes downhill yeah and and i think that's also comes down to like budgets with sasquatch films sasquatch films on their own are very ambitious and it's hard to do you know i I, we also have seen kind of last couple years um sasquatch films that have moved away from being sasquatch films um where where they're like the the sasquatch itself is like a, a big person or something do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? we've had a couple or like a wild man we've had a couple of films like uh, yeah. willow creek willow, was one willow of them. creek yeah 
Yeah. So it's, or it's just not a conventional Sasquatch. And that's, yeah. Ex- yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too is like with Blair Witch Project and like countless other found footage movies that really work, those scenes of them running around and like you not being able to see what's going on and them like falling and shit like for extended periods of time that works for like dread and tension. But mm-hmm. if it's not working, then it just gets annoying. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we've now become so accustomed to, to, these types of movies like you know we've seen Blair Witch Project so many times and all like the other the other movies like that so I think I can understand how it's like kind of gets irritating after a while to just watch people fall over but the sentiment is like there there yeah yeah and and, uh, yeah totally and I I think found footage in itself can be a bit ambitious I know that people kind of look at it as you're doing a very gorilla running gun. You're doing this with like nobody, but there, yeah. there is a little bit of an art form to um, found footage that Absolutely. I, I think they, they did a, a good job right up until like the action really started. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's another thing that's hard to care about or can connect with at the start. Cause a lot of times it's just like, woo, we're on vacation partying and something bad happens. That's, yeah. you know, like one of those kind of templates. Yeah, I feel that. Feel that. Awesome. So that's Tahoe Joe. And yeah. uh, that also came out in 2022. So it's yes, a it re- recent one. Um, I want to talk about another one. I, You know what? You can't stop me. I just want to talk about it's not horror, but I just have to mention that I had never seen Heat before and I finally watched Heat. Yes. Always an excuse to talk about Heat. Take it away. <laughs> That'll be the rest of this episode. We're just going to talk about Heat. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to relate it back to horror for one reason. I I remember a while ago I watched the Thaw I'd mentioned that that yeah. starred uh, Val Kilmer, so and I I always loved Val Kilmer, um so just like hey man I've never seen Heat I should probably watch Heat and it's got Val Kilmer like what you know I, I'm not a much of a like uh, Pacino guy so like that's mm-hmm. not a huge sell for me but yeah just watch I can't believe I, I I've missed out on this for so long like just pure action and like the cop drama that we all love just done like it's it's like perfect and i i think that um modern uh action directors should should look at these things more because um this is action where like it we always talk about like things having consequences or you know what i mean like it feels like tangible responses to things it's hard to get excited for something when you watch like three hundred thousand people blow up instantly because you don't feel you know what i mean it's like watching ants die versus Mm -hmm. you know you're watching heat where you know like every single officer you kind of get like a little bit when they get shot or when someone else gets shot it it has weight yeah it's michael mann too like that's he, yeah. he truly made like wrote the fucking blueprint on on this style of filmmaking with thief and heat if you haven't seen thief yet i would also recommend that one that's one of his earlier movies i think it was like mm-hmm. his second movie i, I think i'm gonna have to first. check that out because yeah, yeah like and that's just i'm sure there's a lot of people who are like you've never seen heat but like oh I, fuck that that's amazing you got to experience I, I, it now yeah, it's just, I don't know, like action movies, when I, especially when I was growing up, weren't as big of a thing for me to watch. Like, I, I don't remember, it took me forever to watch like Die Hard or like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it was great. And I think the other thing I just kind of want to mention quickly, because I know it's not horror, but like that the whole heist scene and just uh, like I'd known about the heist scene just because I'd seen um, about the military shows clips of Val Kilmer firing and reloading because it's yeah. literally considered like the perfect way to bump stock because he got trained by like a military officer. 
So it's just really cool to see like small details or like that, where it's not, it's not just like all the guns look and feel real. And I believe they sound like there, there's like awards that heat got for like sound for it because it's like, Oh yeah. Truly captures what like shooting inside of a city sounds like. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, like heat from a million years ago. Excellent movie. <laughs> heat, heat is a, it's a true masterpiece. It really is. It's one of the best movies ever made. But well, last thing I want to say before we move on from it, Boosie, mm-hmm. for yourself and anyone else out there listening who's interested in it, um, I think it's still on Netflix. But One Perfect Shot did like a short series. I think there's like six episodes. But if okay. you just look up One Perfect Shot, there's six different episodes from six different directors breaking down one seminal scene of theirs. And they like there's interviews of them talking about it and how they went about the blocking and and how they like set everything up and how all of the cameras are working in tandem with the actors. And like, especially with heat, like you explained the Bell Kilmer thing, like how he how he's like loads the gun and everything like it's so clinical and perfect because they Ooh. spent so much time training them to to be the perfect like the perfect people in that in that situation <laughs> to be the perfect killing machine <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, was, I was trying to avoid that but yeah um but yeah and it, it's amazing they do like this really cool effect where it's like michael Mann, it's that exact shootout scene that might they break down for heat and michael mann and it's like him walking through the actual set and how they they like vfx the set so it's like it's happening but he's just walking through and he's like explaining everything that was going through his head and how he formed it. And it's like one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So uh, fucking good. It literally, I think like Grand Theft Auto five or, or six or whatever, the most, the last one they released is literally yeah. just like heat the game. Oh, They're dude, like, look, heist, heist, yeah. heist. look at the dark Knight, like, uh, yeah, yeah. The Christopher Nolan dark Knight, Like that's so heavily heat inspired it, so many things are, are heat inspired. Even if they could be movies that aren't action or like, cause that's the thing is heat's not even just, an, it's like, the drama is also what makes it work so well mm-hmm. um like the act it's just yeah we could like i said talk about it forever uh, but i'm happy that you finally saw it because that <laughs> is that's that's a movie where it's like you know if you haven't seen heat turn this fucking podcast off and go watch heat I, I, yeah i think that's the best advice i can give is for any listeners out there who may be a little embarrassed that they haven't seen hate yet i admit that's that was me just, yeah. just watch it it's great tell your friends like hey man i just watched heat recently and it's really fucking good it's even better yeah if you play it off like it's some like deep cut like have you seen this movie um, i watched it for the first time in a couple years yeah like, bra- braveheart <laughs> But yeah. now I want to go watch Willow. Oh no, <laughs> fucking Willow. Um, okay, moving back on to horror is one that I've been waiting to see for a little while now that I was kind of highly anticipating was The Lake from 2022. Okay. So, oh, uh, is that the, that creature feature? Yes, the monster movie from Thailand. Right. Uh yes, yeah, so I came out just a few weeks ago. And yeah, it's basically the, the story of it is a child finds an egg, they find out it's a monster's egg. The egg hatches, kills the village. Uh, that's really all it. All, all there good is stuff. To. Love that. Yeah, it's it's a really cool monster. I dug the look of the monster, and the movie itself had some fun moments. But I just feel like this is a movie that's it's nearing. It's an hour and forty five minutes, so it's nearing the two hour mark. I need a little bit more than just carnage from a movie like this uh, to be mm-hmm. able to sustain my my attention because I did feel like it got a little bit mind numbing at at times. Um, you know that meme of like the two people cheat like a guy and two people in class and one of them's looking over at the other one's homework and writing it down this just feels like yep. someone's studying stealing the homework of the host um, so I would say like if you're the host is just a way better version of this okay. it's 
like if you're if you just want to see some some monster carnage like this is one that i'd be i'd be very curious to hear what you think about a boozy because it really is just a whole lot of the monster killing people like laying people to waste for a long and you said it looks good because like i saw kind of like the the uh some of the artwork and everything and yeah i thought the monster looked really cool but yeah i I like the design like that's that's so that's really what kept me going from start and and it looks good when it's doing its thing it does There, there are times where they and like to me that's just part of the genius of filmmaking like this like they're sometimes it doesn't sometimes it looks like a guy in a suit and then other times it's like well he's way bigger like it clearly couldn't be and i like that they at least tried blending both so you know it's it, it didn't Props really move the ne- yeah it didn't really move the needle for me all that much but i still wouldn't say it's not it certainly wasn't bad it just didn't do a whole lot for me but if you are just looking for something uh, to see a cool monster laying people to waste the lake you could do a lot worse than the lake I think I'm definitely going to check this out. I'm glad that it wasn't like a, a complete letdown. And, you know, if you're the wish version of the host, I mean, there's worse things. You yeah, can true, true. It did just make me think because like there were numerous parts where I was like, oh, man, this is almost like shot for shot. But they did mm-hmm. in the host. But the host, like w- one of the big reasons why that worked so much is that the family was so likable and like you follow along their journey and you're rooting for them in the lake. It's just uh, people just getting destroyed. Uh, which is also fine sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always, we always like a good kid death, and there's there's a plenty of those in this. They fucking hey, they they swung kids. for all the fences exactly. Yeah, so that's the lake. Uh, that one's just a quick little review. So I'm gonna tack on uh, with my lukewarm one of the lake. I want to talk tack on very positive one about uh, the innocence, which is one of my favorite ghost story ghost tales ever. It's from 1961, uh, which I'm sure most people listening to this have seen it or at least heard of it, but. Uh, it was directed by Jack Clayton. It's based off the Henry James novel, The Turn of the Screw. Um, the Boozy, have you ever seen The Innocence? No, I have not. Um, where do you where you check this? Is this like a... I, I have the Blu-ray for this one. So this oh, is okay. like, yeah, it's just a great, really great, chilly, moody, atmospheric uh, ghost story. And this stuff, it's it, that's like my comfort food. Like I put mm-hmm. on the, the original The Haunting uh, from ever feeling sick, which as you can tell, I kind of am now. So... Uh, I always kind of gravitate to these movies for some reason. They just kind of lull me into comfort. uh, The uh, poster, uh, the French poster where they're the the candles for heads. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this one because I think we should do a ghost series at some point here. Maybe like a classic ghost uh, series. We can do like the haunting and and the innocence yeah there, there's tons of there's tons of really great ones in this and uh but yeah it's just it's like just such a beautiful beautiful story and the, it was fucking um written by truman capote so <laughs> yeah it's uh the, the screenplay was written by truman capote i should say so it's very like poetic and, and beautiful and yeah I, I just i love it but so yeah that's the lake lukewarm the innocence close to a fucking masterpiece as far as i'm concerned banger uh what else have you seen boozy I have two more I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to kind of put them together. Um, these are both rewatches, and I have talked about these films before, but I'm just kind of going to go over it a little bit more because um, sometimes movies stick with you and you go back and you, you know, you just feel it out and there's something there for you. Um, so I'm also going to have the caveat that both of these films, another reason I did watch them is because I recently purchased the paperback editions for both of these. I've been getting into um, buying 
like the novelizations for yes. horror movies, but like the older ones. Is so, this Homeward Bound one through three? <laughs> do you think is there a novelization for Airbud? Do you think there's got to like, be? The, the dog ran down, scored eight hundred points. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know a real Airbud. Do you? <laughs> yeah, like one that was used on. What's his on What's his name? I'm honestly, I was just. I just said I know him and I don't even know his name, but it was a, an, old okay. bo- an old boss of mine. Yeah, yeah, you passingly knew them. Yeah, uh, he had him on a Zoom. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a real Airbud. <laughs> there he is, the, the bud from Airbud. Um, so the first one I'm going to mention is uh, 1988's The Nest. Okay. I, I, I think uh, this is a really wild cockroach movie. Uh, has some amazing special effects you can tell that they took a lot of inspiration and this is probably why i like it so much it took a lot of inspiration from like the thing uh kind of the final amalgamation if you if you google this film and go to images it's like one of the first ones there the final like creature that it becomes later on in this film very much the thing very cool Uh, like i said before a lot of the special effects it really swings for the fences in terms of what like you think it's oh it's just a cockroach movie this has it just it really swings for the fences for that and and part of that great generation of 80s practical effects films so i i would definitely recommend people check this out because i think like bug movies are so gross and and cool and you love bug movies i i I think yeah i've i've kind of thought this out in my head before and i think it's literally just from watching alien like it all reads back to alien and parasites like yeah oh like giger like the aesthetic yeah totally and like totally and you also like you love mimic which is totally a cockroach movie as Mm -hmm. well but this poster man this is such a boozy poster that's like yeah of course a woman in lingerie (laughs) and there's a giant cockroach on top of her and the tagline roaches have never tasted meat until now and she's just an appetizer (laughs) (laughs) and man and the thing about it is it's actually a pretty creepy movie and not so like it's schlocky, but not in the the way that you think where it's like just, chicks. yeah, where it's just, yeah, like boobs and butts everywhere and everyone's being over the top. Uh, like all of that, the the poster and the taglines really give it this like heavy metal oh, feel, but it's yeah. it's not that. It's this cool little infestation movie. I, if you haven't seen it, I recommend checking it out. Even just like some of the kills and transformations in this. It's very cool. Safe to say we can find this one on Tubi. That I don't think it's actually on. Maybe it is. Uh, okay. you'll, you'll have to check the old letterbox for that one. I, I own it, so that's I, sweet. Yeah, there, yeah, there's another poster where it looks it's an Italian poster, and I don't think this is going to read well, but it oh no, it's not working. It looks like a fucking anamorphs, it does like a, a man morphing into a, a cockroach. <laughs> So, a cucaracha. Yeah. A cucaracha. and the other one i'm gonna mention i've also i've mentioned this film quite a few times and we've actually done an episode on it and i recently saw daniel epler giving it some big love so i recently bought the novelization for prophecy um and oh, i rewatched baby. that one because i also uh, recently purchased the blu-ray for that i haven't watched it with the director's commentary which i really want to um but I just will say that Prophecy has really turned into something special for me. It's a little gem. It's, it's also something that, like, in a weird way inspires me. I have, you know, I, I have some ideas kicking around that always feel like a little bit Prophecy. I don't want to, not in like a, I'm ripping it off whale, but it's oh, always man. Just something that, like, inspires yeah. me. Yeah, totally. And, like, that's just that that genre, man. Like, it's yeah. that it's got you written all over it, and it'd be, 
it that's got to be one of the biggest terror table movies at this point like that movie has had such a long life on this show uh, it, it really has for something yeah. that like i didn't know existed for you know like years and years yeah. this is something new to me i don't know how like and we watched it together the first time we did yeah so yeah. it is new to you as well that yeah that are yep. i i don't know i just i keep watching it and i really enjoy it and I, I think that if you haven't checked it out if you're into creature features this one's like a, it's really good yeah no so I, and uh, i will also say that uh i am a little bit illiterate so while i do have both of the books <laughs> the novelizations i haven't uh figured out how the pictures pop out of it yet but once i do <laughs> <laughs> you'll be hooked on fun <laughs> yeah that's awesome no i love that there's fuck man that that i would love to have the uh novelization of prophecy <laughs> that's such a wild ass movie it is so good it, it's just it's so weird that it just like it feels like it came out of nowhere but it's a movie that's been around as long as alien but i'm just like how did yes. i miss this M- mutated bear movie it's fantastic yeah. fantastic okay awesome and yeah so i'm gonna talk about that is that it for you this week yeah that uh i'm cutting it at that everything else has been dark bridges stuff so i can't yeah. really say too much about that but uh if you're in the saskatoon area or you're around for dark bridges we have some good things coming shout out all right i got two last ones that i'll i'll tack on i will try not spend too much time on each of them but uh one of them like once again i just i don't know man i just i don't like beating up on movies um in this day and age and specifically ones that are made by my idols and man, we've changed so much we have i think it's a little bit you know we don't we haven't matured all that much but there's just just something I, I about- think I think we found a new appreciation for things that have given us different perspectives on things. Exactly, and also like you know when we were recording this uh, this podcast six years ago, like you know every single time, like not saying that I'm still not doing this, but like I'd be fucking blackout drunk, getting yeah. angry angry about movies after a long twelve hour day of plumbing and pulling shitty toilets out of trailer homes. I so feel that like, this this podcast has been therapeutic for us. It it has, but uh, it's definitely one of those things that you can look back on. It's like, oh, if you ever wanted recorded footage of you being a giant piece of shit, here's yeah. five years of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, that's the thing, though, because I know I have shit on this movie before, and I decided that I want to give it a reappraisal because I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, but I know that I was particularly vicious with this movie on the podcast before. I, I, that's something I really enjoy that that you do and bring up. I mean, I try to when I can, but but honestly, I know that you you're very good for this is giving things a secondary chance. I know that I can be very much like one and done with stuff. Yeah. And I feel that you're much more forgiving and and just how you've matured in terms of watching films. I, yeah. I like that you found things to appreciate sorry you might have still fucking hated this i just wanted to i'm (laughs) I'm still i'm I'm there's not going to be much positive here but it's it's all stemming from i am going through trying to watch as much of the works of wes craven right now as i am preparing for um this coming weekend i'm going to be on an episode of cobwebs with uh daniel epler and Lindsay wilkins from schlock and all two awesome amazing people shout out to those guys check out their podcast and we're going to be talking about Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes, which is a movie that I fucking love. And that one, I, I have a whole, st- I'm going to save all the combo for that uh, on Cobweb. So by the time this comes out, you can look for it. Um, but I want to go through my lesser seen Wes Craven movies and I decided to kick things off with my soul to take. Oh, 
Okay. Did you you just like random? This well, is okay. I, I just I just wanted to because I haven't seen it since it came out, and I want to give it another try. And you know, like this movie falls in. That's been a long time. That's what. Uh, it's 2010, 14. Yeah, <laughs> 2010. And yeah, so it's the, the synopsis is uh, a serial killer returns to his hometown to stalk seven children who share the same birthday as the date he was allegedly put to rest. So that alone is just like, come on, man, come on. But at the same time, there's a lot of these movies from the 80s and the 70s that we praise that are guilty of a lot of the same schlocky things that we don't yeah. give a pass. So like, that's what I'm trying to go at this. It's like, you know, if this movie was made in the 80s, would we be praising it like we do? You know, not to say because prophecy is actually great, but like part of it is the shock, the schlockiness of it is yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, so it's like, is the shock in this going to work? And the answer is it it just it started out and I was like, oh, I actually think I might fucking come around on my soul to take. And then it just kept going. And I'm like, oh, my God, it kept coming back to me and the decisions that were made with this movie um but yeah it stars a not even stars but there's a young swoopy hair frank <laughs> frank grillo frank grillo he's just kicking around in here. Oh, he, he, he's in there. what a he, handsome fella play, yeah he plays police cop um max max thoreau plays bug who at what? this time he was kind of popping off do you know who that is yes i i was just gonna say i because i saw the picture and i immediately had to go like he was a big deal for a while like had that kind of like uh, Zach Efron hunk thing going on a little bit and like he was in yeah he was in 50 episodes of Bates Motel where I think he played I think he played Norman played the motel brother. he played the motel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uh I think he played his like brother or half brother in the show or some shit like that okay. um but yeah he's been in a bunch of stuff since then since this as well and I will say that Max Thoreau is probably the best part of this movie like I think he he could have there's a reason he kept getting cast in these teen horror movies. Like there was another one, the house at the end of the street with Jennifer Lawrence, very forgettable movie, but he was in that. He was like almost the new it guy. They always, you know, find yeah. who's you just never know though. Who's going to be the next Johnny Depp. Like when you look at the nightmare on Elm street, how, you know, Wes Craven kicked off his career with that movie. But for this one, there's just, there's just far too much talking for it to make this little sense. Dude, I, I sorry, I just have to tell you. I know why I love him so much. He what? was in the pacifier. That's oh man, of course. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was like one of those kids. Um, but yeah, there's there was a whole lot of talking in this movie, which is also an hour and forty five minutes, which seems a little ridiculous to which me. Like, is not good for those kind of horror movies. Not, not for this. It's a slasher, but like you know, there, there's a full scene of exposition where a group of teens try to summon the Ripper at a party. And it's broken, broken up by police. And how do they? Four, how do they try? Like just Ouija board? I think no. They're they're pretty much just like one of the jocks is doing the whole like, hey, look at me, I'm a jock and I'm peacocking, I'm talking over all of you because I'm a jock and that's what jocks do. And I got right, a Letterman right. jacket. And 16 years ago, this guy killed a bunch of people, and then seven of us were born. And it's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? But then the police break things up. What I want to caveat this with is a great, a great thing, a great movie that you could compare it to is, you know, how much I love Cherry Falls. Yes. Cherry Falls is also dumb as hell, but I feel like it like knows that. And I think there was parts of this where I wanted to believe that Wes Craven knew that this was bad and dumb and he was leaning into it. But the further I got into the movie, all I could feel is like this guy just wanted lunch break so bad. <laughs> like every scene, it just felt like 
it just felt like he didn't want to be there. Like he wasn't having fun and I don't blame him. But then I looked up like interviews with him afterwards and he actually was really proud of the movie. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the masses is wrong. That's totally plausible. Um, I, you know, it's funny as you mentioned about like seeing this when it came out, I went to this in theaters and uh, like, I don't, maybe it was that forgettable or it was that traumatic that I just, you know, like my trauma response was to forget this happened, but I don't remember a single fucking thing about this movie. And I, I kind of want to watch it now. I, I have, I could have sworn that you watched it a couple of years ago and you talked about it on the show, but I could be, you know, we've been doing this so long. I could be very mad every once in a while. I go into my letterbox and just look and it's like, okay, I don't remember this movie existing. And then I'll Google it and be like, I see one picture like, oh, okay, I did watch this. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like there there's one scene in this movie that I thought looked pretty decent. Like it's a teen getting chased down a foggy secluded beach or bridge. Sorry. And he's like all good stuff. Yeah. yeah, He's shanked and then thrown over the bridge. And then the rest of the movie just feels like feels it's just super overlit. And um, none of the. If, if kid, what I, does what it have I felt, that daytime TV lighting? A little, little bit, but more so. What it felt like to me is I. This is the analogy I came up with while I was watching, or like came to mind while I was watching. Is you know when you were a kid and you got a puzzle. Remember, I used to love puzzles even when we were doing the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but you get that one was very a little, calming for you. Yeah, you, it was dealing with. It was helping my fucking anxiety. Um, but now, like, you get the one that's just a little too difficult, and you're like, Kate, I can't figure out these two pieces. So you just like take your hand and hammer hammer it down <laughs> and force. I'm two glad pieces. I'm not the only person who does every once in a while. My just my brain goes into cavemanology. Yeah. Me make fit. And it's like no <laughs> me make fit. No one will notice. No one's <laughs> gonna notice that this isn't gonna look right when it's done. And that's totally what the movie feels like to me. Like overall, it just it's just really poorly put together. And like there's a large portion of scenes that just don't cut together in any way like it's like they absolutely and i of course looking it up now you can see like there's tons of reshoots on this movie and you can see it it's like yeah the people are like fucking a year older than they were before um but it just it just didn't work it just feels really awkward and unnatural and like there's the you know teenage characters walking around talking to themselves and some of the very worst teen dialogue in mainstream movies i think maybe ever and keep in mind like I don't like saying this because I I love Wes Craven, and uh, but I just feel like I don't. It just didn't feel like this was it for him. <laughs> it's it just didn't feel like it was all like one of the one of the lines is uh, when things get too hot, just turn up the prayer conditioning. The the prayer, prayer conditioning. Insert hell holes yeah. ending here. Yeah, <laughs> this sounds like one of those, um, like the starts of one of those Christian rap videos. Oh yeah, where, where yeah. it's like, hey, stop doing that. You should be doing the Lord's blah blah. blah. And then like the the jock the jock character in it. I, I get that we're not supposed to like him, but like he's always he's working out and talking to himself, and anytime he talks, he's just making comments about getting his dick sucked there's four different moments in this movie where he makes comments about him just needing to get his dick sucked were they at least creative enough to change up the dialogue of how he brings it up well he says it to people a couple times and then other times he's by himself but like hey what's up i need my dick sucked that's the thing though is like while i'm talking about now it sounds like oh this could be funny and campy it's it's just not though it's campy Mm -hmm. but not in a good way and uh yeah i don't know there's just 
there's just certain moments that just really do not feel uh, correct. But uh, what I will say, though, there's a couple moments where you can see Wes come out and it's like you you've seen interviews with him you know enough about Wes Craven know like he's such a well like a gentle spoken man and he did come up with truly some of the most groundbreaking and dangerous movies out there like Last House on the Left The Hills Have Eyes like that's out like that's the inner him that outlet but he can write the most heinous shit and like Mm -hmm. you know all this stuff with Freddie but the the ripper the the (laughs) after he shanks the fucking jock in the chest he says, any last word or any last words? And I think that the jock says, tell my unborn child that I love him. What? And it's very clunky. Like, but then he pulls out the knife and he says, fuck your fucking unborn child. Now, where did I leave your bitch? <laughs> that, that sounds like some shit where like when Nightmare on Elm Street started going downhill towards the later ones. Yeah, It sounds like that... Rick and Morty making fun of <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. But just fuck your fucking unborn child. Like that's one of the fucking funniest lines I've heard in a long time. So I was like, points there, points there, Wes. Because it does feel like every once in a while, even in The Hills Have Eyes, I'll talk about it on the, the episode of Cobwebs, but it's the dialogue that's so heinous. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, I love that that these these lines came out of someone as like just zen and pure as Wes Craven, because he's such a sweetheart. Um but yeah, that's, and like that's just, his like uh, that's his goblin mode when he goes to writing. He like closes the door and says like, "Hi, hey, honey, I'm gonna go right now or whatever." Yeah. Closes the door and just no, fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, but then there, there's other last one I want to talk about for in terms of lines. Um, the kid Max Thoreau, he he gets home late. He's like misses his curfew and it's on his birthday, so his mom is waiting there in the dark with a fucking birthday cake, and she like lights the candles. And he's like, aren't you mad that I that I'm home late or something? And then she goes, uh, sit down. You're too big to spank. Like what? It, obviously, I'm not doing it justice, but th- I don't think there's any world where I could say those lines like those are actual lines that were said. And but that's the thing. And like you think about Cherry Falls, there's so many moments like that. But for some reason, they just they feel like they work in that for me. And it feels like intentionally sleazy. And in this, it's, I, I don't know, it just did not work for me. And the, the saddest thing about it is this isn't his worst movie. <laughs> like, we have Cursed. Cursed he, is always going to be. Sorry, so like him and Toby Hooper had mm-hmm. like this kind of weird period where it's like, you guys know what you're doing. You've created masterpieces. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Like, that- um. What was it? Was it Crocodile? That yeah, that's what? the that's the thing. Though, was like Crocodile for Toby. That was a made-for-TV movie. That was like he got hired and he he did a job. Um, but for my soul to take, you can't. You don't have that excuse right. because he wrote this as well. I just feel was, like even for for his standards, for what like what I don't want to be like. Oh, I'm going to use Crocodile as my example, but it's just like for the quality of that and who you are, th- yeah. there should have been something redeemable. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, there's my, uh, I don't know. I wish, I wish I could be, I wish I could come on here and have some reappraised love for my soul to take, but that one was, a, it was a struggle. I watched that last night. What I'm taking out of that is it's going on my letterboxed uh, watch list, as well as I'm putting the pacifier on there. <laughs> you you absolutely should watch it. I want to hear your thoughts. On I, it. I'm so interested now. And now I'm going to go like on a fucking Max Thoreau rabbit hole or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> to the biggest Max Thoreau stand out there. Yeah. Um, no, and he's good. There, there are moments in it where he's he's really good. Like you can tell if, uh, yeah. That that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Last, Fair. 
uh, leave off on a positive note before we get on to the other movies that I'm sure we're just going to eviscerate here. Um, I rewatched like a couple months ago, Jacob's Ladder from 1990. Have you seen Jacob's Ladder? I have not seen it in full. And I was recently thinking about like, I really need to watch that. That's another I'm like, I uh, should have watched Heat. And now I should really yeah. watch finish watching Jacob's Ladder. We should do a Jacob's Ladder episode then. I would love that. Well, Are they not remaking it? No, they already did, and it's 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 out. Oh, it's already out. Oh, okay. yeah, no, no, and that we forget about that. That that okay. movie. Oh, it's one I, of those. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think they were trying to make it like an erotic thriller. It's like, boy, oh boy, did you would not get the fucking point of Jacob's Ladder. Speaking of not getting the point of Jacob's Ladder, though, when I saw this movie growing up, it, this was one of the first Blu-rays I ever bought too. So even in my early twenties, when I watched it, it didn't ever really click for me. Like there's always something missing, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was. But I decided to rewatch it like just on a whim a couple months ago. And I'm not even kidding. I think this is one of my all time favorite movies now. Like it really, really, it fucking blew me away that. And on on top of that, this was I I had read the script. And I think that this might be my favorite script that I've ever read. Like the the text for it is so beautifully written. It's like it's scripts aren't written this way anymore. And I miss I miss that. I miss when they had a little bit more of a literary edge to them rather than being so methodical and calculated, which is the scripts are built that way for a reason. I understand, but it's just a really good read, but the movie itself is so fucking devastating and haunting and actually scary. Like there's moments in this that actually creep me out and it became kind of an obsession for me over the last couple of months. Cause I've watched it multiple times since. And this has been like, this has been my big rediscovery uh in the the within the last year for sure that it was like oh boy like jacob's liars just clicked for me um so if we're going to talk about it more maybe on the show i'll save my overall thoughts because uh there's so many things you can talk about with this movie but it's it's just so well written it's so haunting uh if you haven't seen jacob's ladder in a while and you want something really bleak and really human and adult like this is this is a prime example of i was even with a group of friends a couple of weeks ago and they of course don't watch horror movies so they made the made the comment saying like you know movie horror movies aren't made for adults uh, anymore or like you know name one movie that was that right. i was like okay first and of you all, were her, quick to the defend well, hereditary is like one of the, that's like one of the most obvious ones because a lot of people think that horror is just friday the 13th and scream mm. and all that stuff and it's like i love all that stuff as well but jacob's ladder is the prime example it's like it doesn't get more adult than this. Like this is a truly horrifying and devastating movie. And it's also just so beautiful. It's so good. Uh, but I'm happy I can leave off on a very positive note with that one. Uh, Cause yeah. 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 We will do an episode on Jacob's ladder soon. That'd be a, that'd be a lot of fun. I, yeah. That's like instantly you, you I've added three movies now to my watch list. <laughs> my soul to take Jacob's ladder and the, the pacifier. Essence. Oh, the <laughs> pacifier. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. You'll hear trailer for, I believe, let's go in chronological. Okay. So Ghost Ship came out first. first, We'll be back talking about Ghost Ship. We'll see you on the other side. the Arctic Weather Patrol last month. I was out in the middle of the strait when I came across this. Congratulations, you found a boat in the middle of the ocean. 
What do you think a ship like this could be worth? Depends on if we have the right to salvage it. I do know one thing. Sea gives you an opportunity, you take it. Yo, Murph, I think you should get up here. It's an ocean liner. It's the Antonio Grasa. Any sign of what might have happened? Nothing. No passengers. No crew. No captain. No mention of anything in the ship's log. What do you make of that? A cruise ship. I saw something I couldn't possibly have seen. I think I saw a little girl. All right, and we are back talking about Ghost Ship from 2002. Uh, Why did you say it so flat? Ghost Ship. (laughs) Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship. Uh, This is one we've talked about quite a bit on the show before, but we have never gone in depth about it uh, because I don't think I've seen this movie in in years. If I have it, maybe maybe I saw it recently and I forgot it as well that time because spoiler, both these movies are just kind of forgettable for me. But of course, we're going to have some good conversation about them because I have rejogged my memory with my notes and I feel like I'm ready to go here. So, yeah. Yeah, this movie came out in 2002. It was directed by Steve Beck, who uh, Steve Beck was also the director on 13 Ghosts, the 13 Ghosts remake that came out the year before this. Um, Before that, he was a visual effects artist who worked on movies like The Abyss, The Hunt for Red October, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Like he worked for ILM and just was crushing it in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he's uh, seemingly the man for the job for a movie that will need a lot of visual effects um but yeah the movie was I, I think one of the writers he didn't do anything after this uh it was think, probably just like somebody's buddy <laughs> yeah mark hanlon oh yeah i guess he wrote the story and the screenplay but i think they completely rewrote it or john pogue completely rewrote it and john pogue is also the writer behind movies like the skulls uh the quiet ones which is a movie from 2014 that i also forgot existed uh the rollerball remake and u.s marshals with tommy lee jones who could forget u.s marshals with tommy lee jones Shout out u.s marshals the movie yeah but uh the cast features julianne margulis uh juliana margulis gabriel byrne from hereditary the usual suspects miller's crossing end of days where i think he plays satan uh he was also in Stig- stigmata he's in a he's in a ton of classics so don't at me for forgetting any of them um, classics well, there is classics there. We got what well, Miller's Crossing, absolutely. They're hereditary. Um, Ron Eldard, who was in Super Eight, Desmond Harrington. Dude, Ron Eldard looks like 
David Guetta. He does. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he totally does. He yeah. Wow. Um, Desmond Harrington, who I had like I wrote written a I wrote a note He's being the, like the villain of this, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's like John Ferryman or something. Jack Ferryman. Yeah. Um, ilk. And yeah, I was I wrote a note saying he plays nearly the exact same character that he plays in Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. But then I found out like, oh, that's a different guy. <laughs> they, just, they just look alike. Uh, that was Matthew Marsden. This guy, Desmond Harrington, he's, he was in Dexter. He's Quinn from Dexter. I never watched Dexter. He, I feel like I remember him from a bunch of stuff, but at the wrong same turn. Time, he's wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's in the original wrong turn, which is, which is a banger. Um, yeah. So we got that. And then of course, man, Carl Urban is in this fucking thing. Judge Dredd himself. Uh, Carl Urban, AKA also the lead singer of Seether. He, oh my God. Yeah. He had a very much a new metal look in this movie. Very. Um, new, yeah. The, the whole movie definitely has a new metal look. So we'll give it props for that. And the, man, the, the poster alone, you can't tell me that like every new metal band saw the ghost ship poster and they're like, fuck, that could have been an album cover. Exactly. Well, Mudvayne at least, you know, yeah. built, built a career off the back of ghost ship, <laughs> uh, which, which we'll get to. Um, last cast I have written down here is Emily Browning, who she was she plays the little girl in this, the little ghost girl. She was in a series of unfortunate events with Jim Carrey. Um, the the cult hit Sucker Punch, um, Pompeii, and and Darkness Falls. Yes. So this is it may not be the new it may not be the new middle series, but it's the Emily Browning series, is what we're <laughs> gonna call it. Um, the last little thing I have in terms of cast I want touch on those brian cox was originally supposed to play gabriel burns character but he backed mm. out of it because he went and did the ring cox with the big w right there oh yeah wow <laughs> he he dodged a bullet dodged a big bullet and then joined the ranks of like one of the better modern horror movies like the ring is fucking fantastic uh so and he's definitely very memorable in that um, but yeah, that's what I got. Uh, Boozy, let's let's lead off on this. Did you see this when it came out? Yes, I I actually remember where I was the first time I watched this. That's how groundbreaking it was for me. I was at my friend Anthony. There was two Anthony's in elementary school, and I was we went to his birthday party. He had his birthday party at a trailer because he lived in a trailer. Yeah, this is a big birthday energy movie. Yep. And yeah, we had candy and snacks. And then, yeah, we put this this motherfucker on. And let me tell you, I I feel like this is also a building block for me of discovering metal, because shortly after this, I did go out and purchase The End of All Things to Come by Mudvayne, which is a Mudvayne's best album. Certified banger. Certified. I I still think yeah, there's some real good shit on that album. And like this one had debatably one of the best Mudvayne songs. Not, not falling. Yeah. yeah, not falling, which plays, I think, three times in this movie. I, I love that. Yeah, their way of, of uh, tucking this in is just the one dude is just bla- blasting the hell. That was like a common thing, too. There was always like the one metalhead character that would just be like, I'm listening to metal. Oh, yeah. And like that, that pretty much can sum up moment that not falling plays in mud in this movie 
which is like 15 to 20 minutes into the movie is where the ship starts to take a nosedive. <laughs> like, which is pretty harsh. Cause it fuck it. Like the opening scene in this movie is awesome. And like, I, I, know, I would, I would like to say that it was, it's fairly iconic because it is people reference it, you know, uh, quite a bit and such a smart little scene, just kind of watching it now, like looking back on it. Um, you don't see a ton. They just do a very smart way of, like the actual cutting itself you don't see a ton and then after all the carnage of this sorry anyway continue no yeah like that's i feel like we got to actually break that scene down because that's going to be the meat of what we have to talk about with this movie because at at a certain point it just becomes a whole a a nothing burger like completely nothing i do have i i yeah i I, I there is one other really cool kill i liked in this though okay yeah we'll, we'll get to that but like the opening of this movie is fucking awesome like the the opening credits are super stylish. The song mm-hmm. choice, everything about it is like beautiful. That the the text that they use for the title card and everything is so awesome. And it, I remember even watching this again in preparation for this. I'm like, man, maybe Ghost Ship is gonna be a secret banger. Like maybe it's always been <laughs> you awesome. Had hope we didn't at know. the start, yeah, because yeah, it's an amazing opening. And then yeah, when that wire comes across and fucking yeets everybody's fucking heads off. Well, actually, it cuts everyone for the most part off at the waist but then i i was confused how the girl survived yeah because i think she's just dipped below it but like did she bend down to tie her shoe i get like she did the what what do you call it the limbo is that what's called (laughs) she did the dip she she was hitting the gritty (laughs) (laughs) yeah no and then but for some reason it it goes then there's another it cuts to another guy and i feel like it just was they did this because a it's a movie it's supposed to just be fun and entertaining um but like for the makeup reasons it's like oh we can get creative with this like yeah. one guy it cut him off in the mouth i'm like what this this thing was just going it was doing the wave like uh, I, I think that's what yeah i i really appreciate that and we'll totally give a pass on that because yeah like, you set up pass. this great scene and yeah you can they really went for it just like here's a bag of meat with a shirt over top of it just pull this cord through it real quick exactly yeah, I, I love that they showed cut the carnage of where everybody got cut or like you know the the details like having the glass or the the wine yeah. glass slide off that's great stuff oh it's so good it, it feels like they spent the whole production just making that scene because like that scene is awesome um, they're like okay everything after this inconsequential we wrapped it right here guys yeah <laughs> but then like i do know that they the overall like the pitch for this movie was it's the shining on the boat shining on a boat uh which explains, which they totally yeah yeah it explains them trying their absolute darndest to to rip it off at every possible uh place that they could like down to the the makeup effects that but it's all like the the wish.com version of the yeah. shining stuff you know um, what's funny is it also weirdly like the captain stuff is also kind of like virus I see. I virus is not fresh in my brain. I need to. I know. I know. You. I know you have it on your list. You still got to rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. But I. I actually completely forgot to even look up the soundtrack because we chose this movie because it was a new metal movie. But I, literally, it's 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 not falling, and everything else is inconsequential. This this is defined by not falling. It is when you yeah you hear that opening riff. I was going to ask, have you seen the original Ghost Ship? 
No, I haven't. And because that's <laughs> what I, I know nothing about that original. That's the thing. I don't know. Like I, somebody smart. I bet Daniel would fucking know, but there, there is an older ghost shit movie. And yeah, I don't know if it's a, yeah. I don't know if it's a remake or if they just share the same name. It's definitely a remake. Yeah. 1952 luxury ship is haunted by the ghosts of a crew yeah. that had oh, okay. disappeared off the ship years before. Uh, Hazel Court, Dermot Walsh. Yeah. I uh, have not seen this one. It looks like there's a couple different ghost ships though. Honestly. I kind of want to check it out. Yeah, it's well, it, you've got nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> so, I, I, where did it lose you overall? Do you mud because vein. it lost you at Mudvayne? It, it lost me at Mudvayne, and then it came back with Mudvayne. <laughs> By the end, I was like, "Oh, baby, there it is! All right, we're we're done." Okay, but like I don't know, it's watching this. I I feel not like anger towards this movie, but frustration because there's yeah. a cool idea here. Absolutely, that I agree I, with. Like it's literally anybody. If someone was said like The Shining on a boat, mm-hmm. right? Sounds That's great. That's not that hard to do. Yeah, and I I totally get what you're saying. Where they had like those Shining esque moments down to like the the hot babe oh, who turns know, the into guys. the soggy corpse. Yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff. Um, it, it just, it feels like, yeah, it, it, there's good stuff. There's, there's good structure in here. It just all doesn't work. Yeah, no, I entirely agree. Uh, I, it just feels like it just became a complete mess where you, so it just feels so convoluted for something that doesn't need to be mm-hmm. convoluted. They're overthinking everything when it's just like, guys, just put ghosts on a fucking ship. <laughs> That's all and you got to do. I And I don't know if maybe this is me like reaching on this just because of like where my brain goes with it. But the, the little girl's character reminded me so much of like, it felt like honestly, she ripped off lines from like Newt from Aliens. It, it mm-hmm. felt like that and it um oh god the red queen it, from resident evil that's the other one i was gonna say from yeah. the year because it, uh resident evil 2001 it felt i i was you're all going to die down, yeah it's not the same actress right let me see no it I, that feels that like it this is we're, we're we're in the emily browning series we know that emily browning wasn't in resident evil i think oh no are you good <laughs> i think yeah i'm good yeah no it's uh it's just it's rough so what what was that other scene that you were talking about that kind of worked for you okay so the other other scene i really enjoyed and it reminded me honestly of which one was it jaws three when the Mm. the the scuba guy underwater and he's he's fixing the stuff and gets uh sucked into the I, what the fuck whatever the fuck he gets sucked into and it squishes him it reminds me so much of jaws with the one guy that has to go uh unclog that pipe and then jaws ends up being there and he gets squished in his mouth <laughs> do you know do you remember that yeah, one i do that i I, tr- I try to ignore jaws 3 as best as i can but yeah I, out of I know everything in jaws 3 that is the only part of the like the only redeeming thing i liked is that kill because it scared mm-hmm. the fuck out of me it's the idea of not even getting like chewed up by a shark but getting crushed inside of its mouth yeah no i 
I, I remember obviously this ghost ship scene much more because it's it's fresh in my head. And that that was like, yeah, there, there's so much potential. And I like the, the nice movie. little touch that they leave just his hand there and it's got like mm-hmm. the blood trail on it. It's like that's good stuff. Yeah. I also will say, I don't know how you feel about this, but um I actually didn't think the ship itself when they showed that they didn't they sparingly showed the bigger scenes of the actual yeah. like ghost ship. But when they had like the fog with it and everything, like I thought it looked pretty decent, honestly. Yeah, there's a lot lots of the sets. Like this movie cost a fuck ton of money. Like I know, that's a surprising thing for me. Well, I think like this was at a this was right around the time people started pirating movies too. So like they the the industry had no taken pun intended. The, oh my god, I can't believe I just walked <laughs> into that one. <laughs> we need more ghost pirates though, for real. We do. Like, Oh my god, that's another one I watched a couple times. We gotta do an episode on the fog. I was, uh, it's, the fog yeah, is the so fog. fucking good. Um, but yeah, this I think that yeah, like I, I had the hankering to watch the fog after this because I was like, I just want to see spooky water ghosts, but not ghost ship. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so, it's not great. So overall, from like, did you like it when you were a kid? Did it? Did you grow up like appreciating it, or is it kind of just whatever? And that honestly, I only remember and i feel like ever i feel like this is one of those like berenstein berenstein bears things like, mm-hmm. you know where we all have selective memory or like it's like the mandala factor i don't even know what the fuck it, it's called i only remember i remember the not falling music video more than this movie but i remember go seeing ghost ship multiple times like if i watch dracula 2000 multiple times you better believe your boy watch ghost ship multiple times but going back to it now it's like it's just so much of it is just so forgettable and it's just so much mm-hmm. characters arguing with each other and they d- doesn't feel like they even know what they want to argue about. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so it really, it just, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. And I, I think it just overall, it made me keep thinking like, damn, shining really do be one of the best horror movies <laughs> ever made. Uh, yeah. Another, another movie trying to take a swing at the shining and absolutely landing on its face. Yeah. Big L big L is what they're going to call this one. So I, yeah, I kind of just want to, I want to show some love to this film just for it being like a building block. Um, yeah. You, you know, like I, I was 10 when this came out and watching it when it like, you know, it, it just dropped and then like hearing mud vein that really, you know, kicked it in overdrive. Like, Oh, I like heavy music or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall a very forgettable movie. I think this is more nostalgia than anything else speaking. Um, I, the only thing I really did remember, honestly, from like before was just the the opening scene because you see even even in montages you'll still see clips of that as like yeah you know one of the best kills so you know i'll always i'll always cherish that um ghost ship overall is yeah i think i will say though out of the four movies that we've talked about in this new metal series that opening uh that opening sequence of ghost ship is the best thing in all these movies Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm it was it was a shining like maybe uh you know somebody else came in and and you know it was like a poltergeist situation someone just filmed that yeah i just i don't know how they landed on on this but you know if uh this show has taught us anything it's that bad movies get made <laughs> they do they do be getting made they, so let's fast forward now to 2003 okay. <clears throat> Over 150 years ago, in the town of Darkness Falls, Matilda Dixon was adored by all the children. 
whenever one of them lost a tooth, they would bring it to her in exchange for a gold coin, earning her the name the Tooth Fairy. But when two children didn't come home, they blamed Matilda, and they hanged her in the light. Now, they thought the past was dead and buried, but it's about to come back with a vengeance. You don't know what you're dealing with. Okay. What the hell was that? I get these things, these night terrors. I don't know what's real and what's not. She won't come in the light. Who? You know who. You stay in the light or you stay alive? Just walk towards my voice. Come on, it's just three steps. How close is it? And we are on to Darkness Falls from 2003, uh, directed by Jonathan Liebsman, who later went on to direct The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, uh, Battle Los Angeles, Wrath of the Titans. And I forgot about Battle Los Angeles. Is there a oh. video game for that? I'm pretty sure there's a video game tie-in. It might be. Yeah, it might be. I remember seeing that one in the theater and being like, it just completely numbed my brain. Like, I can't remember like anything from that fucking movie. I just Isn't that the one where it's just the like the troops and they're just running around yeah shoot shooting aliens um wrath of the titans and four episodes of the halo tv series which uh, do you know anybody on earth who's gone anywhere near that halo tv series i have heard nothing but terrible things i don't know any i don't know anyone who's stuck it through i've just heard like nothing but terrible like uh they they do like so many disservices to master chief i'm pretty sure they show his face within like like, the first episode which is like what the fuck yeah like because i know they got uh and i only saw i think the first two seasons of it but orange is new black there's like a Uh character whose name is like porn stash and that's he's now master chief um (laughs) but i remember like i saw the trailer for the halo show and i was like man this actually looks like it could be decent but i just never never clicked play on it and now, yeah, I've heard nothing. I, I haven't heard if it's bad. I haven't heard if it's good. But all I know is that this Jonathan Liebsman, he directed four episodes of it. You know, you'd think that like the generation, especially that we grew up in, would be like clamoring for us all watching like a Halo TV show. Because we all grew up with like, you know, that's like a seminal yeah. shooter. They've been like... talking about it for years. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ridley Scott was tied on to do a Halo movie at one point, like, which would have been. It just ends up being like Prometheus. Yeah, Master Chief's just (laughs) cloning each other and making out. (laughs) Cloning each other and making out with each other. Uh, Shout out Alien Covenant. (laughs) I came around on you. Um, Okay. Uh, Yeah, I remember this is another one, though, where I pretty much only remember the opening for it. Was that the same for you? Because this is one, though, that like, especially you know when we started the show and talking to people that i know who aren't horror fans and then they go like oh horror movies like i remember darkness falls everyone would always talk about darkness falls and it's 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 confusing why i have no idea because it's yeah 
it it murked a whole bunch of people's childhoods i guess because <laughs> like did i remember the opening scaring me as a kid but mm-hmm. i didn't remember much from it um but big, what about you what's time. your what's your history with darkness falls okay so i'm gonna say like yeah darkness falls was another one of those not not as seminal and ghost ship and getting me like listening to metal or anything but just overall actually scaring me as a kid and I, I like 100% the two scenes I actually there's only two scenes I really remembered from this going in and that was uh, of course that that opening fucking amazing opening and also the the scene where the like bully dudes beating the shit out of the guy and then the, uh, the <laughs> she shows up yeah uh, they like that like forest scene um but but yeah this this movie I'm just gonna straight up say that I have like a weird little like love for this movie and a little bit of its nostalgia but also this is another one where it's like there's so many cool ideas in here like i feel like this is ripe for a remake like a low key remake because i think the the bones of the story and some of the elements in this film the teeth of the story totally yeah like i i (laughs) but I, i you know like this is like lights out before lights out yeah oh yeah and, you know, I, yeah, not to say like this is an incredible film, but like those two scenes I referenced, I still think even that, that forest scene, I know it's a little bit silly, but like it was creepy for me. And I'm not talking about the one later with the car accident because I have something to say about the car accident one because I think that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that because th- this one, yeah, it definitely, <clears throat> it definitely is like, it's not I like nearly... this more than ghost ship. I, this is yeah. out of all the things we've watched. This one's my favorite out of the four. You, you know, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think it's the, the only... most horror ish of them as well. Abs- absolutely. Almost to a fault. Cause like mm-hmm. it gets yeah. it. That's the thing about this movie is it's like once the horror sta- starts, it doesn't stop. And that's not necessarily a good thing though, because it mm-hmm. just becomes kind of like, characters running from point a to point b to point a back to it's a, it's found footage in the forest without found footage yeah they're just right run- and you never really know where they're running to or why why they're mm-hmm. going so fast for this thing that theoretically only comes out at night um so like there's some funny moments like that but but the, it is the logic of yeah it's, it's like okay just get to get to light and you're fine but everyone's just like we got to run down this dark ass hallway to do that yeah, first. exactly but the of course and they they end up in like the, the iconic lighthouse at the end yeah. like give it props for that there's a lot of things that i'd give this movie props for and it's but it's also like just a lot of like my sweet spots like you like i mm-hmm. love the i love dark fairy tales being brought into horror movies and you know um like uh, i'm a huge fan of all guillermo stuff and then the learning that they actually that the original plan for this was that they were going to get doug jones they even did camera tests with doug jones and makeup doug jones (laughs) doug jones (laughs) um and there there's like camera footage that you can find know that that's cool and the the fucking design looks awesome like it looks really creepy he's like an actual like big that hesitate to say tooth fairy but like a fairy it looks like something right. out of a Guillermo del Toro movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna be Googling this now. Yeah, I think yeah Google it. Should. But at the same time, even the design that they ended up on wasn't horrible either. Like uh yeah. it's it starts off where I was like, I feel like it's not bad. It's just like the editing and the post effects is what really dates the movie. But then that ends up kind of saving it because they do a good job mostly for the most part by covering up their tricks with editing. 
like anytime you see the tooth fairy running around it's like 30 Mm -hmm. cuts per minute um so it's really fast paced and and like there there are some shots that look genuinely good um granted when I say good, keep in mind what we're talking about here. <laughs> the Ghost yes. of Dracula 2000. The subject of the matter of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting them all, all those four, put all those four together. And yeah, this is without a doubt the best, the best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there is just like, it's just got this frantic, chaotic energy that it's, it's at least never boring. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't really feel like darkness falls gets boring. It does get like laughable at times. Like I love how, Anytime in this era, they try to make a guy look edgy and damaged. There's always a montage of them lining up antidepressants, listening <laughs> to new metal. It's like four pills. Son? You're so fucking right. Four pills only. Those are rookie numbers. King, let's get that shit <laughs> up. Yeah, let's bump those. You're <laughs> so fucking right about that. It was yeah, just listening to like alt music and they're like, they're making smoking weed seem like it's not like oh, this like, like he's a drug addict. It's, yeah, yeah. He's it's a like, drug addict because he smokes weed. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dark yeah. and brooding smoking a sativa or some shit. Yeah. There, w- um, there was a big underlying like thing throughout this movie did you pick up on like obviously pick it's a the plot is that they were kind of alluding to that that the main character guy was actually the tooth fairy <laughs> and it's like yeah if they went that route that would have been so fucking problematic because it's like oh this guy's got anxiety and depression and it makes him want to kill kids because they lose their baby teeth it's so fucking ridiculous I wash your teeth <laughs> that's actually a really fucking terrifying idea just somebody who really wants kids teeth yeah it was just uh, yeah just fucking deranged didn't the rock uh, that's the tooth fairy that's it's the tooth that's all fairy. that is <laughs> they already made that um so yeah i think kind of thinking about why i could i consider this one the best of the bunch i i think it comes down to even watching this realizing that like it's a missed opportunity overall but it had those the beats i think that's what like they they went to different locations and did different things where it it made me want to keep watching and watching it back i know it's dumb as fuck but (laughs) overall the 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 uh, execution of it's like okay this is like it's good horror uh popcorn i would say from is the um the police station scene yeah Um, yeah yeah and it's so much yeah and it's so much also like jeepers creepers from the year before also had a um but yeah it just it it also seemed like it's weird that i'm referencing this in terms of it because i believe it came out way after but it kind of reminded me also of like the assault on precinct 13 remake i think that was around this time i could i think they're close i'm i think it might predate it but just kind of that overall that uh, just how it, how it looked and felt very much like they're all they're searching like oh where's this person and, and then yeah. like the I, you you love dudes being dudes with like walkies and shit being like come yeah. on over here 10-4 David 10-4 I love yeah just hearing people getting owned all the time and that's yeah. I think that's another aliensism yeah totally and the the body count in this movie is pretty fucking top-notch like the tooth fairy takes out some takes out some people but yeah, and I think that's one thing I missed in my initial thought was like the opening, the lore of yeah. like explaining who the who this woman was to the town. Very Freddy Krueger esque. It is, but it's like I I'm a kind of a glutton for that shit. Like I mm-hmm. love I love a good fairy tale or a dark story that like you know kind of infiltrates a town and everyone's like spooked out and scared by it. And you know this is very much YA horror. And uh, but but the problem with this one being YA horror is it doesn't have any like that's almost what this movie is missing is some teens like it should have been 
It, Where the well, t- it's literally just one depressed dude for most of it. And then exactly. like some kid that he has to take care of inherently, I guess. Yeah. It's sad because that, yeah, that actor, not to bring it down, but of course I'm going to be bringing it down by saying this, but yeah, he died uh, oh. dr- drug overdose. Which okay, which one? Like the kid? I don't know. Please. God, I don't. It's one of those things where I like, of course I'm not <laughs> laughing at the fact they died, yeah. but like it's, when you it's say irony. something like that, it's <laughs> I'll cut it. It's fine. Yes. Uh, yeah, he died in 2007, so that was uh, four years after this movie came out, which of course is yeah, very tragic. But he was also he played like a one of the lead characters in The Shield, which is a show I really liked back in the day. Haven't seen it in years, so it, for all I know, it could be like Sons of Anarchy, where you go back and find out that it's always been bad. Um, yeah, it's, it's not what you thought. And he's, he plays Brandon in Legally Blonde. Shout out Legally Blonde. Yeah, Big shout out Legally Blonde, Blonde big time. Um, <laughs> man, like the Matilda, the Matilda Dixon, like the character, her design is still so creepy. It's got some major pumpkin head vibes. It totally does. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing we can take away in this conversation. I'm glad that we're having it between like ghost ship kind of just being a quicker one. And this one is uh, the big takeaway for this is, yeah, it's a, it's a missed opportunity because you do feel like a lot of like, it should kind it should kind of work. A lot of the, the bones of, of making something really good is here and there's some good horror elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say just because I wanted to get to this eventually, I, I wrote a little review about darkness falls on letterbox, just pointing out this one scene, but I just yeah. have to bring it up. Uh, the car accident scene. Yeah. If you remember she's driving and he gets ejected from the car after they hit a tree. Yeet straight yeet like yeah <laughs> he should be dead his neck should be broken he he gets up and is like yelling at other people that are getting attacked by this fucking thing i don't know and then he after everybody gets killed he just gets back in the car and drove away i was just like the terminator levels of this dude getting fucking ejected oh, which I looked really good but he yeah. got fucking ejected from this car just gets up and drives the car away like nothing yeah. fucking happened that's yeah and that's such a horrorism too like you look at like you know movies that i, I know i'm sorry i'm trying to logify it's just hilarious no, that but, he got fully ejected well, they take they take it to a whole different level in this one but like that's what they even make jokes about in scary movie where it's like you know when ghostface is chasing someone he fucking throws a piano down the stairs and they're still <laughs> getting up and and going after them um but this one yeah it really really test the limits of possibility of course um but it's it's just all about if it's fun enough to to look past that stuff because some of that sometimes it's fun to have that fucking ridiculous nature to Mm -hmm. it Um, i would say with with something like this um i i wish that we could have watched this together i think there would have been a little more value overall i think in terms of if you're watching this now it might be maybe you can take something from if you've never seen it before i feel like this is another one of those like watch it with your friends maybe if you have some people that have a little bit of nostalgia for this yeah it it, it's not a great film but it's also like it's a popcorny mid 2000 or early 2000s film that like i don't know it's passable i'd rather i'd watch this five times over watching ghost ship again yeah, yeah. No, I would say this is it's crazy to say that Darkness Falls is the best one of this series. Um a but that's w. the thing, man. That like 
even I fell out of this was like the only time in my life where I kind of fell out of it, which is so ridiculous to say, because I would have been like 10 or 11. But I, I remember I remember I'm yeah, done with wrestling. Or with- <laughs> exactly. No, but it was Sorry, like that was me at 11. I'm done there, with wrestling. There was a while there. It was like, you know, my like I'm thinking like when I was 15 to 18, like in high school, which was around this time, like the early 2000s, there were some really, really, really bad horror movies coming out. And we pretty much scraped the bottom of the barrel during this series um, <laughs> with all those movies. Uh, but you know what it made me think of is a movie that I saw around because this was a movie that made me think that I was done with horror movies because I was like how old I would have been 15 years old do you remember Boogeyman 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 it's uh, starring oh I thought it was what year is this 2005 look it up right now because you got to see and there's a new Boogeyman movie coming out but it's supposed to be fucking amazing and it's uh, being direct it's directed by Judd Shepard who did like uh the host or no sorry host boogie okay so i like the poster for this just on first are you talking about the one with the hand yeah yeah i, re- oh, I remember i saw the this fu- okay saw this i was in the theater <laughs> I've, i i know why i remember this i i haven't seen this i don't think but i remember every time i go to a goodwill or thrift thing to like look for blu-rays or dvds there's like 800 copies that's yes. why this looks so familiar that is that is exactly what it is but that was like a major release film at the time uh and sorry i gotta fix i gotta redact myself there um the book bo- <laughs> the the boogeyman is a movie that's coming out this year i believe it comes out in june but it's been it's directed by rob savage who did uh host and oh, da- dawn yeah. of the deaf and yeah oh and it's oh dude dawn of the deaf was awesome yeah it's so good so good such a great short and then yeah the writers is uh brian brian woods and scott beck who did they were the writers behind a quiet place uh that really underrated slash movie haunt um and they also wrote 65 which i think neither of us have seen yet surprise that's like a a a strange thing that neither of us have seen that yeah 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 it is it'll happen but apparently, though, like on a positive note, the the boogeyman screenings, like the uh, test test screenings, are fucking through the roof. Apparently, it's just awesome. So I can't wait for that. Okay. But yeah, that was. Uh, where's the new metal in Darkness Falls? We gave it the I, W, and this I is. I don't. The- I don't. Maybe that's the common reason why it's better than all the other is, ones. Is it because Killswitch Engage has a song called "When Darkness Falls"? I thought it was on this. No, it's not. Oh my what, god! What movie was it for? They uh, did it for a mo- that was a Resident mm-hmm. Evil movie. Was it? Yeah, because I think they did. End of Heartache was the first one, and then I know when Darkness Falls is a end title track. Okay, uh, I will say if if my memory serves me correctly, the end of Darkness Falls. There's some kind of new metally um, industrial there song were, in there. There were like when he's uh, popping his four antidepressants and exactly, weed, yeah. There was some like industrial type new metal shit there. Uh, I need to find this out. Feels what... this really does feel like a new metal movie though, like. It, any yeah. of these scenes, if you just had them in a car or on the radio, like Mitch was talking about with like the rocking out scene from like Ghost Ship, where it's just some dude fucking rocking out, <laughs> they would have added any new metal to this. It would you would not know the difference. I can't believe I fucked this up. Freddy versus Jason ends with when uh, when darkness falls by kill switching. 
what a banger that is like the new metal sound it is between that and queen of the damned yeah el nino is on i fucking love yep uh mushroom head is too spine shank yeah spine shank stone uh stone sour before that glass song that turned them into stone sour oh Um, i don't like this nope hate breed mushroom head power man 5000 murder dolls chimera can i just say it's really typo negative Oh fucking type. It's really weird. Like for some reason around that time with like new metal and everything, hate breed kept getting put into there, but mm-hmm. they're just more of a, like a hardcore band. I don't know what exactly yeah. the it's just because they were angry and they had right, right. and their their shirts look like you could buy them at Randy River, which is what all of new metal clothes look like. Uh, very true. I I do that makes me realize I need to buy a knockoff hate breed shirt just to that, be a poster. Yeah, and that makes one. me realize. Did you see that uh, Ronnie Radke is trying to bring back Jenko jeans? <laughs> did you see that? Ronnie Radke has been fucking on his goblin mode shit lately. <laughs> and it's, it's not even where I'm like impressed. It's just watching a grown man being really embarrassing. Yeah, so, but he's still richer than any of us ever will be. And oh and, my god, and that's so upsetting. That's you know, <laughs> that's that's totally fair. And life isn't fair. And honestly, I will take what little integrity I have versus being Ronnie Radke. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. No, that was our new metal series, though. That was fun. That was fun. I'm I'm glad. You know what? I wish that we could have crammed more into March, but I, you know, New Metal March is great. I love this. I it was great to talk to other people about new metal as well. People who also enjoyed some of it. Yeah. How yeah. about this? You know, the nudist me... colony are mm-hmm. the fucking guys. They are they are so much fun. That was yeah. I was even yeah, we we have like a group chat now that we dip into every once in a while with those guys, and those some of the most fun I've had podcasting and and like it, they're just great guys super funny yeah, um so yeah we'll be back in uh, new metal may <laughs> keeping this thing going part two yeah no um yeah we haven't decided what our next series is going to be but we are going to hopefully be back with some more horror conversations mm-hmm. uh with something cool we'll come up with a little bit of a theme maybe we'll do like different theme every episode so we can keep it fresh i was just gonna say yeah with like the you know we, we're not sure what we're gonna do next i just uh, i think we can both agree on this is that we appreciate anyone who still comes and checks out yeah. you know obviously we're joking about you know new metal march is is also in april but you know uh, <laughs> we we still really love doing this and we love having fun doing it and you know it, it sucks that we can't put out episodes the way we used to or as often as we wanted but yeah, just uh, you know, uh, we'll keep you guys checked in on on what we do next, and it just it's it's I appreciate you guys. Yeah, exactly. Well said, Boozy. All right, well, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Terror Table. We'll see you. We'll see you next time, eh, Boozy? Yeah, and you know what else? Um, crank crank out the 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 new metal jams. Pull yes. out your your jink jinko jeans. Yeah, jinko jeans. Yeah. What else? Pull out your your no Jones fear soda. shirt. Your yeah. Jones Soda, yeah. Jones Soda seemed like a new metal thing. Okay, why was I? I kind of got the tail end of this. I know I'm like rambling at the end of this episode. Do you remember like that weird point where everyone's pants were like torn at the back because they were too long and they'd like get under your shoe <laughs> and then you'd bring like dirt in everywhere? Oh my god, I know what exactly the- what you're talking about. So drive my mom nuts. She'd be like, "You can't wear those jeans until we get them hemmed." It's like, mom. 
the style but yeah what was with that people just drag their jeans around yeah like i i still like i make fun of americans now for like wearing shoes inside from like outside to inside i think that's fucking bizarre yeah like have you been outside do you see the shit that's outside you want that in your house anyway um (laughs) the fact that we all fucking did yeah it would be like your your fucking the back of your pants would be like a war zone of mud and dirt and grime yeah and you're just like i look cool and i'm just tracking it in everywhere exactly exactly oh my god it's like a snail trail (laughs) well on that note um hem your jeans kids yeah we'll see you next time on the terror table bye all right partner keep on rolling baby you know what time it is the terror table. <laughs> <laughs>